Hi, this is David Stearman, and you're listening to my Up Podcast. Today I want to talk about being fishers of men. You know, Jesus told two fishermen, Peter and Andrew, his first disciples ever, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that call rings down to each of us. It's our ultimate vocation. Saving the world is God's number one project, his big deal. And as his disciples, as his followers, we're his hands and feet to get the job done. But there are different kinds of people, and therefore there are different kinds of fishermen. Even in the natural, this is true. Fishing is one of my favorite hobbies, but there are different ways to approach it. There's bait fishing, you know, the worm on the hook. That's the direct approach. Spin fishing, which requires a little more subtlety. You learn to use lightweight lures. Fly fishermen requires a lot of finesse. Or net fishermen, which is almost like mass evangelism. But that's just approach. The main point is, be yourself. It's best to fish for men in a way that's consistent with your natural personality. But the bottom line in all of this is, people need the Lord. I remember one time when we, back when we lived in Tulsa, driving down the street in Broken Arrow, which is the next door city, and I hit a stoplight. I didn't hit a stoplight. I stopped at a stoplight, and I looked over to my left, and there was a guy bent over his steering wheel, weeping. The light changed, and he was gone. But wow, that image still lingers with me today. It just underscores the tragic condition of so many lives. There's death. There's sickness. There's divorce. There's a lot of pain out there. Ephesians 2.12 says that while you were lost, you were without Christ and strangers from the covenants of promise. And here's the line that gets me. Having no hope and without God in the world. No hope and without God in the world. Hey, folks, that is most of humanity. And that's why Jesus came. But the good news in all of this is that you have the message they need. The good news, the Bible says, is the power of God to salvation. Romans 1.16. Actually, that word salvation is interesting, too, because it doesn't just mean, you know, getting your sins forgiven so you can go to heaven. It means being healed, being made whole, being rescued, being saved from whatever you need to be saved from. Jesus introduced himself in the synagogue by preaching from Isaiah 61. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which I always read as to proclaim the season of God's acceptance. And he goes on to say, he came to comfort those who mourn, to console them, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy instead of their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness they bear, that they may become trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord. That's Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. But Jesus didn't accomplish that goal by unloading the four spiritual laws on everybody he met. Isn't that interesting? 
he came and he preached good news that was applicable to their need at the time. It was little by little, bit by bit, meeting their needs one by one, helping them and drawing them in, and they became his followers. For me, this translates into helping somebody with good advice while you're working on the job with them, being a good example to people, encouraging people, praying for someone who obviously needs a miracle in their life but doesn't really know how to connect with God to get that miracle. Ultimately, it comes down to reaching out to people to help them with their needs in everyday living. You know, years ago, I went into a hair salon to get my hair cut. Didn't have a stylist there, didn't know them. But I remember that I looked across the room and I saw a particular girl that was one of the stylists. And I guess the simplest way to say it is that my heart went out to her. I think the Holy Spirit works in us this way sometimes. He just singles out a person and he says, you should know that person or that you should say something to them or something such that somehow or other that's part of his plan. And so I said to the person up front, I'd like that one to cut my hair if she's available. And she was, and she did. And over the months, she became the regular person who always cut my hair and it became a friendship. So one day I came in and we were just talking and she suddenly put her hands down and looked at me through the mirror and said, are you always like this? And I said, probably, like what? And she said, happy. You always seem happy. And I said, well, I have my moments like anybody else, but honestly, really, I guess I am. And she asked, well, how do you do that? And so I just got real with her and said, well, to tell you the truth, it's, it's because um, I became a Christian a while back. I gave my heart to Jesus and he changed me from within. And over the years, he's just built up inside of me a joy. It's a supernatural thing. If you believe in what's supernatural, you know, but it's a thing that God gives you. He just gives you joy and happiness and a, a more positive outlook on things. And she said, well, I'm not happy very much at all. I'm mostly unhappy. And I said, well, honestly and seriously, that can change. I mean, knowing God personally, having him live inside of you really changes a lot of things in your life, as you would expect. So I just asked her, I said, would you like to become a Christian? Would you like to be born again and know God? And she nodded and said, yes. And she's a devoted Christian to this day. And you know, it wasn't because I was so filled with natural wisdom at the moment. I mean, I was kind of taken by surprise and stumbling along. It's that Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you. I will make you. You may not be able to do it in yourself, but God will give you the ability to do things that you could not do on your own. And the main one is draw people into the kingdom of God. So yeah, you have the message. You have the right thing to say to help people find their way to Jesus. But you know what you also have? 
You have the message, but you also have the power. Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So that's Holy Ghost miracle power. And you shall be my witnesses. Isn't that interesting? In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus also said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Y'all know by now that that's probably one of my hallmark scriptures. I love it because it expresses so clearly the generosity of God. But the bottom line here is that you can pray for people's needs and miracles will happen. I remember right after I discovered this truth from the Bible, I remember having a heart of compassion for this girl who had a deaf ear. Now, this was in a concert I was doing, but it doesn't have to be in church. It could be anywhere. And I prayed for her. I literally stuck my finger in her ear and prayed for her. And she jumped back and she yelped and she said, oh my gosh. And I said, what? And she said, my ear popped open. She said, it's like I can hear from both sides now. Wow, just an instant miracle right there. Just because, you know, I just thought I can't do this, but God can do it. And I prayed for her. And the thing is, anybody can do this. Jesus said, you know, you shall receive power and you is all of us. But you know, it's not always about healings and dramatic manifestations either. In fact, hear me on this, please. In fact, most of it isn't. If someone tells you about their problem at home and you ask, can I pray for you about that? You don't have to pray for it on the spot. Just, can I pray for you about that? Listen, they won't forget what happened when their miracle comes or why it came. And you know, sometimes God will give you a special word for people. First Corinthians 12 calls these a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. And we have preconceived ideas about what those things are, but I wanna tell you, they can pop up in everyday life and you might not even recognize what they are while they're operating. All you know is you just feel like you have something you're supposed to say to someone. And when you say it, good things happen. I remember one time I was in Oklahoma and I didn't even know who the people were, but I was having a meeting that day. This can happen in a private situation as well. But I remember that I just had an impression of my spirit and I said, you know, there's a couple here who are on the verge of divorce. And all I know to tell you is this, that if you will go home and act like you love each other, God will heal your marriage. These people, a year later, came to me and told me about that situation and said they took that as a word from God and they went home and treated each other as if they really loved each other and it healed their marriage. And here a year later, they were fabulously in love. A similar kind of thing. Years ago, I was ministering at Joan Hutter's church in Texas. And I remember uh, all during the service, I kept noticing this little blonde haired girl sitting in one of the rear seats. And every time I looked at her, I felt the urge to tell her, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Now, you know, to me, that seemed like an obvious thing. In fact, it's a famous phrase from like Campus Crusade or someplace. Seems like everybody's heard it and everybody knows that. And so I, I you know, here I am in a church service and I thought, that's embarrassing. I don't want to tell her that. And yet 
oh, as I kept going through the service, every time I looked at her, I got this urge to tell her God loved her and had a wonderful plan for her life. And honestly, I just didn't want to do it. And I kept resisting it until finally I couldn't think about anything else. And actually, I got to where I was stumbling over my words because my focus wasn't there. And, and so I just broke down and turned around and said to her, honey, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that's it. I said it and I was done. It didn't seem like any kind of a big deal, you know. Until after the service, when this girl came up to me and said, thank you so much for saying that. I said, what? Was it you know, important to you? And she said, yeah. She said, see, I've been planning on committing suicide and I had it all worked out that I was going to do it today after church. I had it all figured out and planned. And she said, but when I heard that, I knew that God loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life. And so thank God she did not commit suicide. And it hung on a little word that just seemed like the most commonplace thing to, to tell somebody. But God can use the simplest little phrase to save a life. And he can do it through you by the power of his Holy Spirit. I mean, God can work miracles through you. And it doesn't have to be laying hands on somebody in a cripple walking. People need miracles in every area of their lives. And you can be the vessel through which God delivers them because you have the power given to you by God. And you know what else you have? You have the love. Listen, Jesus did everything he did from a base of love and compassion. And Romans 5, 5 says the love of God, the love that God has, has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That means we're capable of loving anybody and everybody. And I want to tell you, in our divided world, it's important to love everybody. You know, I stand on one side of the political spectrum, and many of my friends are on that same side. But you know, some of my friends are not on the political side that I'm on. And I think they're wrong, but you know what? I love them. And some of my friends are vehemently on the other side, and I love them just the same. And I don't do this because I'm such a wonderful person. I do this because God has supernaturally poured out his love into my heart, which enables me to do it. And you have that love as well. It's been poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. You know, we have diverse lifestyles in this world today. I am strongly heterosexual, but you know what? Some people I know are not. And what can I say? I can't agree with them about that, but I can love them and I can be friends with them and friendly with them. My friends are, many of y'all know from Facebook, very diverse. You might wonder why I'm friended to some of the people I'm friended to, and I'll tell you what it is. It's just Jesus, despite my faults, failings, etc., loving them through me. And he's in your heart, too, and in all of our hearts. And he will love them through us if we'll let him. You know, Jesus said uh, we shouldn't put our light in a little corner of a house, 
but should put it in a high place where it shines on everybody. And I think he was just trying to say, let your love shine on everybody. Just love people, folks, because that's the most attractive thing a Christian can do. If we love them, at times we'll be able to give them the right message. And at times we'll be able to be a vessel by which God can manifest his power. But grace of all, we can be a vessel through which God can show everybody, all people, how much he loves them. And in the end, it's the love, the love of God, that gets people saved, isn't it? I really believe it is. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe. Whatever you're on, iPhone, Google Play, whatever, just hit that subscribe button so I can give you an encouraging word, an upward on a regular basis. And they're short, 15 minutes max, perfect for when you're driving somewhere. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. God bless you.